What everybody? Come on, put those hands together. You woke up this morning, you all the way, I might as well give God a hand clap of praise. Yeah. To the glory of God, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, to the blessed Holy Ghost that seals and secures us until the day of redemption. To Pastor Venice, my friend, uh, in his absence, uh, to his beautiful wife, in her absence, to all these wonderful uh, ministers, deacons, our members and friends, it's good to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, uh, go with me to 1 Kings chapter 22, um, verse 48, uh, and we'll read until we find a good stopping point. Again, that's 1 Kings 22nd chapter. Uh, I want to begin reading at verse 48. When you found it, won't you say, I got it? If you need a minute, say, wait a minute. All right, we're going to wait for you. That's 1 Kings 22nd chapter, verse 40. I still hear some pages turning. It's closer up to the front, right after 2 Samuel, in between 2 Kings. All right, look like we're ready. It says, Jehoshaphat made ships of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold. But they went not, for the ships were broken at Zionjabur. Then said Isaiah the son of Ahab unto Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with thy servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat would not. Father, even now, decrease me and increase your presence. Hide me behind your glory. Allow them not to see me, but let them see you. Lord, you speak. I'll get out of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For the time that we have to share together this morning, I want to preach using as a subject, ships that never sail. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. We're, preaching about we're preaching about ships, ships. that never sail. Never sail. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, trisomy 13, also called Pitou syndrome, is a chromosomal condition, a DNA replication that occurs on the 13th chromosome. Uh, this disease causes severe intellectual disability or physical abnormalities in various parts of the body. Individuals with trisomy 13 often have hearing defects, often have brain defects, often have spinal cord deformities. They're very small in stature. They have uh, poorly developed eyes. They have extra fingers and toes. They have an opening in the lip. They have an opening within the mouth. They have a weak uh, muscle tone. Due to the presence of this life-threatening disease, uh, many uh, infants with trisomy 13 die within minutes, hours, months, uh, even weeks of, of birth. Uh, other than, uh, there are countless uh, number of children uh, who have succumbed to these injuries. To date, there are two uh, individuals with this disease. Uh, one is 13 and one is 19 who have survived uh, from this uh, disease. Uh, but these kinds of children who have succumbed to these injuries never experienced their first birthday, uh, never learned their 
ABCs, never learned how to ride a bicycle, never had their first day of school, never got to go to the nursery ride that was prepared for them, never uh, made it home from the hospital. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you, that's a ship that never sailed. Interestingly enough, I can see the, the silent echoes. I can see some of you wrestling and questioning and challenging. How can this be? A ship that never sailed. Considering God doesn't make any mistakes. God is the giver of life. and God is the taker of life. Yes, that's true. But in his divine sovereignty, he had a plan and, and a purpose for this child. But the parents had a plan and a purpose for this child, too. Uh, the, the, the parents wanted their child to be a doctor. Uh, the parents wanted their child to be a lawyer. The parents wanted him to go and be a scholastic scholar. The daddy wanted him to become an NBA player. The, 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 the grandpa wanted him to go to the NFL. Uh, they never had cognitive interaction with this child. They never heard his voice. They never went on a family vacation. They never seen this child off the front. They wanted to go to a high school graduation. They wanted their child to attend the Automata University. So in the solitude of the night, with tears streaming down their face, they yelled out, that's a shit that never sailed. Right. And I submit to you, ships that don't sail still have the ability to float. Right. Looks like it's going to take off. It, it, it looks like it's going to leave the port. It looks like uh, uh, something's going to happen with it. But it's choked. Uh, has great potential, but it's choked at its infancy. Ladies and gentlemen, I ought to tell you this morning, our young black men and women that get shot over senseless violence in Avondale, Price Hill, and over the Rhine are ships that never sail. That, that murderer who, who has to spend the rest of his life in jail for killing them is a ship that never sailed. That drug dealer that sells uh, and distributes product is a ship that never sailed because nobody ever told him that he's manufacturing the wrong good and now he's infecting the community with all kinds of stuff. That's a ship that never sell. Emmett Till, Trayvon Martin, Mike Brown, Tamir Rice, Sandra playing Freddie Gray are ships that never sell. Babies that get aborted are ships that never sell. These young men and women that commit suicide are ships that never sell. That young drug addict who overdosed to escape from his pain is a ship that never sailed. That young girl who's looking for love in all the wrong places is a ship that never sails because she contracted HIV and a baby. That's a ship that never sailed. And I got to be honest with you, there's some folk that come to church that look at us, uh, clap their hands, and, but talk about you behind your back is a ship huh. that never sailed. And in our, in our, our text today, 1 Kings chapter 22, uh, verse 48, it opens up uh, strangely before us. Uh, in our text, it says, Jehoshaphat, uh, who was the third great son, great great son of King Solomon, the aging young king of, king of Judah uh, in the southern kingdom, who has walked right with the Lord throughout his kingship, finds himself in a strange place. The text says that he's building ships of Tarshish. Some, some scholars say he was trying to reenact what his great-grandfather did, King Solomon, by building these trading ships. 
Uh, some scholars suggest Judah was in an economic crisis because of, his, uh, because of his father, King Asa, who broke the peace treaty with King Bashar, the king of Israel, basing their suggestions off the prophecy in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 16, where the seer told Asa, because you relied on the king of Seir and not relied on the Lord thy God, the, 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 the host shall encamp against you and, and take away your hand. The Lord was looking to strengthen your heart, but you weren't fully committed. You, you did a foolish thing before the Lord, and forever chaos will, will break out among you. Asa didn't want to hear it, and, and so he locked up the seer. He became the oppressor, and, and he's had to distribute funds foreignly to support a war uh, domestically instead of supporting things domestically. Uh, well, the, a great picture of that is how Obama came in office back in 08. Uh, and Bush was leaving out and he had to restore the whole economic system. This is where Jehoshaphat is. Uh, Jehoshaphat is, is building ships. He was creating ships. He, he was crafting ships. He, he, he had to build these ships to go to Ophir for gold. The text says the, these ships uh, were made out of, out of Tarshish. Uh, but what's so interesting is that, that maybe uh, Jehoshaphat drawed up the, the blueprint. Uh, maybe he, he put a nail in the ship. Uh, uh, maybe he framed the ship. Uh, uh, but all we know is that Jehoshaphat was connected to the process. Uh, uh, a history lesson is that Tarshish is not only a place, but it's a type of material. Uh, it's an onyx marble it's like a, a granite and and when they would make ships they would put build the ship in wood and then they would enclose the wood on, on this marble so that the ship would be sturdy that it would be reinforced in case of a storm that this ship would be able to sail no matter what they built this ship built this ship to last so it would be able to withstand uh, the storm, so that it would be able to stand the test, that it would be able to withstand difficulty, that it would be, be able to withstand adversity. They built this ship to last. And like Jehoshaphat, some of you are connected in the building process, in the development process of young people of your grandchildren. You, you had a hand in raising them. You, you had a hand in tutoring them. You, you had a hand in developing them. You, you invested into them. You put them in the best schools money uh, could buy. You instilled the values of hard work in them. You gave them all the tools to be successful. You, you taught them how uh, not to devalue themselves. You taught them about the world systems. You, you taught them uh, that you, not only did you do it uh, for your children, but you did it for your nieces and your nephews. You did it for the neighborhood kids. You did it for the church kids. Y'all sat down, you figured out you're going to go to this college, you're going to date these type of men, you're going to talk to these kinds of girls. You said, focus on your goals. You're going for the goal. Do this, do that. You set them up for the goal. Y'all quiet, so maybe that ain't your shit. Maybe, maybe you were nurturing a relationship. Maybe you had a boo. Maybe y'all was going out on, on dates. Maybe you were singing Chris at Michelle. You, you just want a couple of, of forevers. You, you was building this ship. You, you were singing our green love and, and happiness. I ought to have some, some witnesses. You, you was building this ship. 
You, you helped support her financially. Uh, you was down with him, even when uh, you found out he had a baby on the way. Uh, you stay. you was preparing for the gold, the gold at K Jewelers, that is. You, you was preparing, <laughs> preparing for the gold. Maybe you were working on a business. Maybe you had a, a five-year plan. You, you started uh, picking up speed. You had the plans in place. You was doing everything right. You were preparing for the goal. You, you was getting ready for your interview with Ford Magazine and Black Enterprise. You were getting ready for Who's Who Cincinnati. You was ready to go. Preparing for the goal. Maybe that ain't your shit. Maybe it was your college education. You started out eager to finish. You was, was looking at grad school as a sophomore. You was doing all of your work. You knew that it took 30 credit hours uh, each year in order to get a four-year degree. You planned it. You had the idea. You knew what it was. And, and like Jehoshaphat, you, you were ready for the goal. All right. Maybe uh, you got married. Got married and was in your relationship a, a, a couple years in and, and you woke up one morning to find that your spouse was gone. You said to yourself, that's a ship that never sailed. You, you, was, you was prepared for the gold because Ophir, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is, a, is, a, is, is where gold is stored. It's, it's a wealthy place. It's where fine gold, silver, sandalwood, pearls, ivory, and peacocks are. This, this would stimulate the economy. This would make everything better. Uh, they needed uh, these things in order to be able to sustain a quality of life. You got to see it. And so one morning, uh, they was testing the ships to make sure that it was capable to go on long voyages. Uh, they was taking these ships on shorter voyages. They was traveling around the sea to make sure that this ship would be able to stand and float and would stand the test of a long voyage. Uh, uh, they said to themselves, uh, uh, like the people who made the Titanic, this ship will not sink. This ship will not break. This, this ship is made to last. Huh, huh, huh. And you know how when you make something to last, you, you prepare it for something. Huh. Huh. Maybe uh, uh, you prepare it so that it will be able to handle what it is that it, it has to face. I hear Jehoshaphat saying the night before they went to go sail the ships, the night they went to go to Ophir, huh, in my spiritual imagination, Cornelius, he said, I went to bed last night. Said I walked around the ships, I put my suitcase in, I, I put my luggage on there, I put my snacks on there. Woke up in the morning to find all of his hard work, all of that time that it took, all of that stuff that he invested into it, broken before it ever took off, crushed at the port. His hopes and his dreams were crushed. He, he was sick. He said, I can't believe that this ship broke. Nobody was around to explain how the ship broke. He said, it never accomplished what it was intended to do. It had purpose.
It had destiny, but it never accomplished what it was intended to do. He said, when I looked at the pieces, uh, it was a reflection of my heart. He said, because my heart was broken into a million pieces. And the pieces of my heart that was broken was broken because I put everything I had into the ship. I put all of my, my trust in the ships. Got upset with God. I said, God, why my ship? Huh? You, you let my granddaddy's ship sail. Why not my ship? And I don't know who's under the sound of my voice, who feels the same way about some situation that you've been dealing with, a person you've been crying over, a relationship you can't get over. God, why my shit? Why me? Why, why I got to go through this? Why, why don't you tell me why my ship's broke? Some are saying, uh, chapter 47 I mean, 48 verse 7 uh, said that the ships of Tarshish uh, were blown by the east wind, wrecked up against the mountain. Nobody came to, to wreck Jehoshaphat's ship, but his ship broke Cornelius at a Zion Jabur. A Zion Jabur uh, is a place of brokenness. Do you got a Zion Jabur? Huh? Do, do you got some broken stuff, some broken pieces, some heartache, some disappointment, some pain, some discomfort? You, you knew that you wanted to do this, but something happened and it decided that I don't know how it got here, but it was just broke. You couldn't explain it. Say, God, why would you allow me to go through this storm? Why would you allow me to go through this difficulty? God, why would you take my mama? Why would you take my daddy? Why would you take my friend? Why would you take my relationship? God, why would you do this to me? Had a lot of wise. He had a lot of wise. But I, I wasn't convinced. I said, Jehoshaphat, something's not right. Something's not right. So I texted him. I said, What happened? I said, What happened to you? What, what happened? Text me back. He said, That's what he said. He said, I joined myself with that wicked king, Isaiah. He said, I, I, I built these ships with an alliance with the enemy. I knew he was wicked, but I felt like I couldn't do it without his help. And God told me, uh, the situation that you were in, the reason why it didn't work out, the reason why it didn't come to pass. Because when you started out building it, you never sought his attention. You never sought his direction in order to get it off the ground. He said, so I had to put you in a place of brokenness. Had to put you in a place so you'll be able to understand that you can't do nothing without me. You, you can't make it without me. You, you can't breathe without me. So how dare you try to accomplish a dream without me? I am the Lord, yeah. thy God. 
said your ship didn't sail because you made a pact with the enemy. I gave you the vision, but you made a pact with the enemy. I told you what to do. I didn't tell you to go get no help. I'm only, I'm all the help you need. And I guess I ought to I'll park right here and take a detour. The reason why all of this stuff is happening in our community is because the church wants to partner with the world when the world should be partnering with the church. We want to go get the psychologist uh, for a suicide problem when it's a spiritual problem. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, God, but, but, they're, but, they're, but they're spiritual. The, the only way that we're going to beat this is through, through prayer and our praise. The, the social worker can get us some resources. But, the, but God can get us out of some situations. The, the name of Jesus can, can get us out of some, some situations. The name of Jesus can, can beat depression. The name of Jesus can beat anxiety. The name of Jesus can beat fear. We don't need the world. The world needs us. But our dependency has been so caught up in the world because we have not figured out our dependency is in God. Uh, so what I'm trying to tell you is that some churches, these, our churches can be ships that never sail. Great potential. Money in the bank. But don't know how to allocate the funds to do what needs to be done so that we can push our, our, our agenda forward. We don't need nobody else. We need God. Let me tell you how I know this. Look at verse 49. He said, Then said Isaiah, the son of Ahab, unto Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with thy servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat would not. That's difficult to understand, isn't it? Because the ships wrecked. So, so how can uh, his men go with the ships? All right, I'm about to tell you. Uh, see, it was made a ship, Stapes. So since it was made a ship, the identity of it didn't change because it was broken. Uh, so the enemy recognized that the ship, the broken pieces, had potential to still go. Uh, the broken pieces could be set, uh, put back together again in order to go sail uh, the old fear. So he said, listen, let me have the broken pieces. Uh, the enemy said, I'll put it back together again. Uh, when I put it back together, you ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to be involved. Let me, let me deal with it. And, and you know what? In 2016, uh, the enemy has seen our broken pieces. We have gave him too many of our broken pieces. Uh, that's what's wrong with our kids because our youth ministries are, are broken. Uh, that, that's what's wrong with our churches. We got holes in our churches and the enemy sees that as an opportunity to build up ships in the place in order to keep us from getting where we're supposed to go. So here it is. The enemy recognized the potential of the ship. 
Got two more points and I'm rolling out of here. If the ship would have sailed, if it would have sailed, if it would have, would have made it uh, almost close to Ophir, there are these things called pirate ships. Maritime history, maritime law, they, they had pirates. And pirates would try to uh, recognize ships that knew that it was destined for gold. Catch this, it would have got them on the way back to where they started. I would have got them back on the way back to uh, uh, Zion Jabur. Would have got them back on the way because they recognized that it had something valuable on the inside. Let me me warn you, you might have made it to Ophir. Ship might, didn't break. But on your way back, you're going to have to face the enemy. The enemy is, is coming, and, and you know what his assignment is. He got the same assignment of the thief, and that's to steal, kill, and destroy. He's coming. He's coming to take what you want to go get. He's coming to take what's value. He's coming to take your hope. He, he's coming to take your dreams. He's coming to take your finances. He's coming to take the stuff that you deal with. He's coming to take. He's coming to take. He's coming to take your stuff. What he does, what he does, you got to watch him. Comes and overtakes the ship, takes the gold out the tabernacle. The tabernacle is in the pits of the ship, takes the gold out of the tabernacle, ties up the people and and puts the gold on his ship and and leaves you stranded in the middle of the ocean, defeated, messed up, confused, frustrated. Jacked you up. And now you got to come back to where you started from. Empty. And so just because your ship's not broken does not mean that you don't have what you went to go get when you went to go get it. And so uh, what what I'm really saying is that the enemy has been working with us internally. We come in with a smile on our face. Come in waving our hands. But on the inside, he took our joy. He took our peace. He, he took our hope. He's been messing with our, with our mind. He's been taking stuff from us. He's been taking our kids. He's been taking our family. He, he's been had his hand in, in some of our lives, and we try to push through the pain. But on the inside, we're, we're broken. We're like those pieces at a giant bird. We don't even know how to put stuff back together. God, where do I go now? <sighs> but I wear something. That's good news. I read something. Maritime history. When the pieces of the ships would break, when they would get broken, when, when the storms would come, when they would get out at sea and they would, they, would, they would be messed up, there's this thing called the salvage ship. All right. And what the salvage ship does is that it, it travels the waters looking for, for break, broken and wrecked ships and, and broken pieces. Huh. Because uh, the salvage ship recognized that if I leave it here broken, if 
I, if I leave it here messed up, if I leave it here dilapidated, it's going to begin to clog up the porch and other people won't be able to get to where they got to go. So the salvage ship says, I got to clean up the ocean. Got to clean up the ocean. Got to clean up the ocean. Got to retrieve uh, these broken pieces. So he'll go searching, retrieving wrecked ships, putting it on his ship. Take it back home and he'll start looking at it. He'll start taking it apart, start examining it. He said, well, you know what? I can rebuild this ship. So he'll say, I'll take this broken piece and I'll make a new piece to go with that. And he'll start reconstructing the ship. Start reconstructing, start putting nails in it. And after a while, he'll have the ship back up. And then he'll make sure that the tabernacle on the ship is, is straight. He'll make sure that it'll be able to sail. He'll start aligning up the ship. He'll start fixing it. He'll, he'll start looking at it. And he'll take that one ship, and then he'll take another ship, and then he'll, he'll take another ship, and he'll put it all back together. Huh. And they will find out who, who owned the ship. Find out who owned it. He'll, he'll find out who owned it and he'll, he'll set it back up. He'll set it back up. He'll do his research, find out who owns it, and he'll try to make sure everything was right just how they needed it to be. All right. And then he would uh, put it back on the ocean and test it. And once it was ready to go, he would put a flag on it. Put a flag on it that says, redeem. Yeah. Huh. Y'all just missed your chance to shout. Because there's another man named Jesus who can go into any water, retrieve any broken situation, add it with his grace and his mercy, hook you back up together again, and put you back to the place that you've been, uh, that you need to be, and call you redeemed. He'll call, is there any redeemed folk here that don't mind giving God a hand clap of praise that you know you've been redeemed, that you've been bought with a price? Is there anybody here that can just clap your hands because you've been redeemed? But after you've been redeemed, after you've been fixed, after you've been fashioned, after you've been uh, uh, put back to where you belong. After a while, you'll go on your voyages. You'll go where you got to go. You'll do what you have to do. But then there's another ship. I'm out of here, y'all. And it's called the old ship of Zion. Huh? And it has landed, yeah, many a thousand. And so, so today what I'm telling you is that where it is that you are, God is redeeming. Redeeming you for this season. Redeeming your wrecked pieces. And putting things back in place, back into perspective. So that you won't be a ship that never sails. But you'll be a salvage ship that's better than the ship that you built. You ought to give God some praise.
Hey man, again, that's my best friend, you know. I, I told him if he didn't do well, I was going.